What's up, guys? Brendan here. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. I had originally recorded a conversation with Damo and Diolante. However, um, the audio got mixed, uh, messed up when the Discord bot uh, just decided to stop recording and left the chat. Uh, so we have a little bit of an error here. So you're only going to hear about the second half of our conversation. Uh, we talked about a lot of good stuff, though. Um, we talked about the NBA being back in general, the proposed 22-team format, which has now been approved. Um, you know, are the playoffs a good thing for the Wizards? I will have OB from Bullets Forever, who has been on the show before. We will talk about uh, the first half of this conversation that you guys are that you guys missed, and then we'll talk about a little bit more as well. Now that everything's kind of official and we know who they're going to play and all that. But you guys know Domo, who's been on the show before. Delante with Wizards Extra is his first time being on the show. I've been trying to get him on for a bit. Was certainly glad to have him on, and I hope to have both of these gentlemen back on uh, to chop it up. But so right now you're going to be hear us talking about Troy Brown. Uh, we picked up. I asked everyone to construct four lineups. I asked those two to uh, to do give me their starting lineup, their bench lineup, most used, and which lineup you'd use to close the game. So in between all that, of course, you're going to talk about some personnel. But we are talking about Troy Brown right now, and uh, that's where Dom is going to pick off, and then we will get into uh, the most used lineup in the um, the lineup he closed the game with, and then we'll get into the rest of our conversation. It'll be easy to follow along from there. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And, um, you know, thanks for listening, and I hope that we can have the other half of this conversation with OB on soon. No, I was going to say. You're good. You guys can pick up where you left off. Oh, yeah. I, I was just saying, like, I just think his role, I don't think he has a defined role. Like, when I hear him talk about what he wants to be in the league, it sounds different than what Scott Brooks says his role is going to be. Like, because I've heard Troy Brown explicitly say he's a point guard. Like, he wants to play point guard. But then you hear you hear Scott Brooks say, well, no, he's a small fool. You know, he's, right. he's a And it's like, like, well, that's a disconnect there. Like, you got a player saying he's this and a coach saying he's something else. And that's not really going to be bold well as a long-term relationship. So we'll see how that goes going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, go, go ahead, Brenda. Oh, uh, I was saying um, – yeah, and that's why I, when we talk about Troy Brown and him wanting to be a point guard, that's why in my um, bench lineup, that's where I have Napier. That was another factor in where I had Napier as a starter and Brown on the bench. I wanted those two separate because Napier is more of a scoring guard. He looks to score a lot, and that's Ish is, uh, like you said, fast-paced, you know, trying to find guys, get guys open. And so it gives Troy more of an opportunity to have the ball in his hands because Ish isn't always looking to score. So he's more he's more um, willing to, in my opinion, to give the ball up to Troy and let Troy take it up. Whereas when Shabazz is, you know, a lot of the times he can over dribble and he's looking <laughs> to score more. Yeah, he's kind of on one sometimes. Shabazz Napier is kind of a ball hog. <laughs> we were watching some yeah. games and I'm watching <laughs> – some of the older games, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Pass the ball to somebody, but you know, um, to each his I mean, own. He was, you know. he was, he was back court mates with Kimba, right? Like, uh, that's like they were on the same team, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I can look that up. Or did he come right after Kimba left? I, I feel like when I watch him, I feel like I'm watching like a, a lower grade Kimba. Like he's gonna go and try to get a bucket. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, he got that yeah. mean little step back. He's gonna bop you, and he's gonna try. He's gonna put it up. Like, but that's why yeah. I say I feel like to me, Troy Brown to me don't have that aggression. So I'm like, and because Napier can shoot, I like the idea of Troy Brown initiating plays, um, and, and Napier being that aggressor trying to score the ball. You know, because I feel like with it, like he's not aggressive as far as trying to score, but he needs that ball in his hand to, yeah. to probe the pain and find guys. And I think if you do that with Smith, then that just leaves Troy Brown as a catch-and-shoot player, and he's he's not that. Like, I, I know just from what he's he said, like, if you relegate Troy Brown to the corner to just be some catch-and-shoot player, he ain't going to like that. And I just think his confidence wanes when he has to be that type of player on the court. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, um, go ahead. I'm sorry, Brandon. To, to get on Odama, you was right on that 2010 2011 team. Uh, Shabazz was on that team as a freshman with Kemba. Kemba was a junior. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. All right, guys. So we asked to do the, uh, the starters and the bench. The next one is going to get a little, the last two are going to get a little tricky. So we're going to go with the most used lineup and what five you would have on the floor, uh, most. And then, what unit are you closing the game with? So, uh, D, you're on the spot here first for um, your most used lineup. Most, you rolling with. most used lineup. I'm going to go with Napier, mm-hmm. Dill, um, Hachimura, Bertans, and Brian. That's going to be my most used. Okay. And so you decided to keep um, Napier in over Ish Smith, and why? I just feel like um, it's it's kind of an all offense lineup. It's all yep. offense. I just I want points. I mean, Ish Ish is, is nice as far as pacing and looking for guys, but if I'm gonna go score, I'm looking for everybody to be able to score, and mm-hmm. I, I just went full offense. And I didn't feel like the I, it was that big of a difference if I were to switch out Napier with Ish. It's not like Ish is going to bring just that much to that lineup. So I was like, I might as well keep Shabazz in there for the scoring, you know, with everybody else. Okay. Um, Dama, what you got? Yeah, so actually my, my most used lineup is actually the same as his. Oh, wow. Uh, you, okay. You... you you keep Napier there, um, and you just get you just try to get buckets, man. Like, cause this team obviously is not a good defensive team, so you're gonna have to score. Um, and I think you can you can find ways to 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 play defense in pockets, in moments. Cause if I've I saw a stat somewhere, I don't know if it, it was 100% correct or not, but I believe once they traded Isaiah Thomas, from that point to when they stopped playing games, they were a top 11 defense. Um, now, their offense took a dive because, um, again, McGray was really good offensively for them. And so was, honestly, Isaiah Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. But their defense was, was, top, was top 11 when they made that move. So you can, if they can do that and, and play some spot defense in moments and, and just keep the pedal to the metal offensively, I think they can, they can, uh, they can, they can shock some teams. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that lineup, staying offense, just attack. Just put points on the board. Okay. So I shook up my five a little bit. I hope you guys are ready for this. 
All right, so at the point, I got Beal. Ooh. And at the two, I got Jerome Robinson. And then I followed the same last three in the front court with Bertans, Hachimura, and Bryant. The mm. reason I decided not to have Smith or Napier is because in the in the clutch, Beal's going to happen anyway, like every play. So why not put shooters around him and people that can score? And this isn't to say that Napier can't shoot or whatever, or um, Ishmith even, you know, has hit a, a decent amount of three-pointers uh, this season. But I really feel like if Beal's going to have the ball and he's going to be the primary ball handler, then you need to have other people who can do other things off the ball, like cut, um, you know, shoot the set threes, you know, get buckets on their own, which Rui can do that. Um, Robinson is good off screens. Thomas Bryant can do some stuff a little bit. So that's my five I'm rolling with. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Interesting. Yeah. You want to go I first, Nama? Yeah, I, I, was, was, I wasn't even thinking of Bill as a point, but you're right, though. When they close games, he got the ball in his hand anyway. Um, but if you, if we, I mean, I would probably go. So I guess now, now are we saying most used lineup versus the lineup that closes or are we, we not there yet as far as who closing the game or is this just one and the same here? Oh crap. No, I did the closing. I bet I read this list wrong. So we'll save that anyway. Um, okay. No. So my most used had, um, ish Beal. Robinson, uh, Bertans, and Rui actually at the five. You say Ish, Bill, Robinson, Bertans, Rui at the five as your mm-hmm. most used. Yep, small ball for really? my uh, okay. most used. Ooh. Yep, that's interesting. Huh. Rui at the five. Now, now I was actually thinking something like that for the for the closing lineup with Rui at the five. Okay, um, going like a going kind of like the Warriors with their their death lineup. Um, to, to close the games where it would be Bill, Napier, Jerome, Bertans, Rui. Um, mm-hmm. Where it's just all, you know, smaller, but every one of them guys, you can put it in their hands and they can get a, get a bucket for you um, yep. to close out games. Um, but obviously that would be matchup dependent, depending on how the, who, what the other team is playing and who's going off that game. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. You would have something like that for your most used lineup. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. My only thing, um, so I thought about specifically the teams that they would be going up against, and I thought about um, Orlando, and then obviously if we get eighth, then that's Milwaukee. And Nick Vucevic, he can rebound well, um, but I think that if it was just – like in a scenario where they're playing, um, you know, Vucevic versus Rui, I don't think that Vucevic just comes out there and craps on Rui in the post every play. Like, I just don't think that happens. And I think that with Vucevic, you need someone that can kind of have a little bit of perimeter defense. And while I think that Wagner would do fine, um, I, I think that Rui would, would give him a tough time. I think that, you know, in pick and pock and roll situations, Rui's going to be able to get out there and contest. So um, he's not just going to be able to. There and shoot those shots or those, uh, you know, top of the arc threes uncontested. So that was kind of my and the same thing with Brooke Lopez because Brooke Lopez cannot do anything off the dribble. 
So you want to get someone who can get out there and close out quick. Yeah, Brooke definitely camps out on a three-point line now, so. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just worry about Giannis, man. Like, that dude yeah. really is like a center. So, like, the way he plays the glass, like, you got Rui at the five with Bertans, that front court. Giannis is going to abuse them on the boards. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a series, honestly, where Jan Mahimi gets a, a decent chunk of minutes. Yeah. yeah. I will, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. Yeah, Mahimi, please. That Speaking of Jan Mahimi, I have a grudge with Jan Mahimi. How are you going to wait till the last year of your contract to play good basketball? Like, is anyone else frustrated by that? Man. I mean, he'll tell you he wasn't healthy, but. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that, yeah. That Celtic series, um, 2017, yeah. he said it wasn't healthy. So, I mean, yeah. when Olenek was abusing him. So. Yeah. I mean, they contract there. Yeah, they trying to get the money. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it was really annoying though for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like when Wall is healthy, like he really couldn't have played like this. Like I, it's whatever. Um. So anyway, yeah. So going to the closing lineup, like I had, um, I had mixed those two up. So my closing lineup uh, would be Beal, Robinson, Bertans, Rui, and Bryant. So, um, D, we'll switch back to you here. Give me your closing five. Um, my closing games on the line, brother. You can't mess this up. Closing <laughs> lineup, games on the line. You know, not even thinking about matchup dependent. I will go Shabazz, Bill, Jerome Robinson, Hachimura at the four, and Bertans at the five. Ooh. That's the closing. That's my closing. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that too. Just again, with kind of um, what Damo was saying before. And, and again, this is total. And like you said, you weren't going based off matchups, but um, I, I just worry about maybe with that five, like maybe that's a tad too small. And that's my thing. So, like, like I had Bertans, Rui, and um, Bryant, which is like it's decent size. And, and even if you want to switch. Um, you know, Rui to the five and Bertans to the four, vice versa or whatever. I mean, you still need to find a put a wing in there that has some size on him with, you know, either Brown or, or Bonga. So with Beal mm-hmm. and then Robinson at the three and then Rui and Bertans four and five. I mean, you could probably get away with that. Um, I, I just I don't know if like maybe that's a little bit too small. I yeah. guess it isn't much difference from what I have. And, and I yeah. definitely not disagreeing with it, of course, but. And knowing Brooks, yeah. like Brooks likes to use those smaller lineups in games like when it was Bill Wall and Austin Rivers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brad just I mean, yeah. at that you had Isaiah Thomas and Ish Smith on the court at the same time. Oh so my God. it fits what, what Brooks likes to do, you know. So I agree with you saying about maybe it's too small, but Brooks usually doesn't care about that. Yeah. Well, more so in the front court. I mean, it, yeah. the idea of a Rui Bertans front court is Berton no no banger on the on the block neither. So it's like, yeah, ah, like Rui would literally have to. I mean, he's a strong dude. Like for his age, like as a rookie, um, he plays much stronger than he looks. Um, but yeah, that, that would be tough. That would be tough. I yeah. mean, for me, to, like when I'm just thinking of a closing lineup, I'm thinking just like. I want my five most skilled players on the court. And those right. are the five that I come up with, you know, with Napier, Beal, uh, Jerome Robinson, 
uh, Rui and Bertans. Like, cause like I said, any one of them, yeah. if they get the ball in the hand, they a threat to to score on you. And I just think yeah. when you trying to you trying to win a game, you trying to get a bucket by any means necessary. And that defense is tight. <laughs> you can't handle dudes on the floor that's liabilities, man. Yeah. Like, so Mm-mm-mm. I agree with that. Yeah, if it, the with the difference between obviously with my uh, my closing lineup and my most used. Uh, so with my most used lineup, I had Hachimura at the five, and then with my closing, I had Brian at the five. My thing with mm-hmm. if you have most used with Rui at the five, in the middle of a game, in the midst of a game against a backup center, I think that you can get away with playing Bertans Rui at the five as opposed to closing a game when their starting center is likely going to be in the game. So that was my reason behind that. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, but but uh, is there starting center going to be in the game? Yeah. When closing? If yeah, it, that's the a, thing. Yeah. If it's a one-possession game and you need guys that can hit free throws, I mean – I guess if it's the Bucks, I'm I'm assuming Brooke Lopez is playing because they he closes games. But if yeah, you're he's playing, a, yeah. If you're playing, uh, I'm to think of a team. Uh, Orlando would keep Booch out there. They yeah. definitely would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Booch yeah. like, would, would definitely play the last five minutes. Yeah, like um, the or the Sixers that Embiid obviously would be out there. Yeah, Embiid so. yeah, would be out there. Um, we have Yamahimi for that series. Yeah, you would definitely yeah. make me for that series, for sure, for sure. Um, but I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking of like like a playing tournament. Like if you're playing like the Blazers, right? They're probably not going to have Hassan Whiteside in the fourth quarter. Probably not. Zach yeah. Collins, probably if he's healthy. Yeah, it's probably going to yeah. be a Zach Collins or maybe a Nurchik if he's healthy. And those guys aren't really like bruisers, so you could probably get away with ruining the side. Yeah, I agree. Um, that would be perfect for the Wizards, honestly. Like, if they went up against Zach Collins, like, someone like that at the five, or uh, even with, like, a team like Boston, if they roll with Robert Williams. Or, yeah. 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 yeah, you got the Heat with Bam. Bam will be out there, probably. Yeah, yeah. like, with Boston, if you was to have to play Boston, however, you know, they, they run Daniel Theus at the five. Like, he's, I think he's only, like, 6'8". So, yeah, you can run Rui at the five against them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can see it. I I can definitely see that. Uh, either way. So rolling away from these lineups here, uh, but I wanted to talk more about Scott Brooks, and I'm sure you guys, as well as a lot of other people, have you know seen me complain about Scott Brooks time after time again. And I I wanted this to be clear. I don't have anything against Brooks. I don't hate the guy. He's Obviously, a nice. If you don't know about Scott Brooks' story, by the way, um, there's plenty of articles about him and how he came up. And I believe he was with Chris Miller on the Wizards podcast about his background upbringing. So I'm within the respect for Scott Brooks. But um, we briefly just mentioned some part of his coaching, which is his lineups. And I mean, I mean, so it's it's uh, it's awful to put it nicely. So. I mean, how much faith do you guys have in him going into, uh, you know, a situation like this where I mean, it's it's do or die, you know? I mean, and we've seen him even in the Boston series when we were good. That time after time again, he couldn't come through. And you can blame that on the roster and the depth all you want. We had plenty of talent on the 2017 team. So, I mean, how much faith do you guys really have in him in this type of situation? 
yeah. Uh, I like Scott Brooks, man. Um, I think he's a good dude. I think his uh, as player development and just motivating guys, I think he's in the right place. I agree. But X's and O's, man. And I just, I just be shaking my head sometimes. Like it's, it's just like, like, cause I watch, I wa- I like watching some of the other coaches just to, just to compare. Cause you know, you kind of be in the bubble sometimes watching only your team. But like when you watch the Miami Heat and you watch Eric Spoelstra draw up plays out of, out of bounds or out of timeouts, they always get a quality bucket or at least a quality look, I'll say. Um, Brad mm-hmm. Stevens, Greg Popovich, like, game is on the line. They always get a clean look. Whether they go in or not, that's, I mean, that's 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 up to the basketball guys. But as far as just getting a clean look off, they always do it. And I, I watch so many possessions with Scott Brooks, and it's just like this this this, this elementary offense. Man. It's just like get a ball to Bill, everybody drop baseline, and go one on five. Or, you know, yeah. we saw thing with Wall, and it's like, they're great players, so they can get away with it sometimes, but it's like, it, it, the, the success rate of it is so damn low. It's like, how many times are we going to keep banging our head against the wall expecting a different result? So, if we're talking about crunch situations and, and drawing up a, a, a solid play to get clean looks, I don't trust Scott Brooks. I, I, I would just hope that Beal and Wall are playing out of their mind, because we know they're going to get the ball. And they're gonna have to go one on five, and I just hope they convert because that's really what, in my in my estimation, that's what it will come down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D, what you think, man, the, about just Scott Brooks and um, you know, with the unique situation that he and the Wizards are most likely going to be in, given that the team is young. I mean, do you think he has what it takes to get this team to be even playing um, in the playoffs, or do you think that it's just going to kind of be a wash? And you're not expecting much, I guess. Um, I think what Brooks has going for him is even though, you know, like the fans and we complain about, you know, the coaching style and maybe the rotations. Uh, I think the thing he has going for him is he's a player's coach. The players seem to like playing for him. And, you mm-hmm. know, they, they do at play hard at times after when they, they've beaten the heat. And I, when Garrison Matthews went off that time and Bill wasn't even playing, I don't think. Um, when they mm-hmm. beat the Nuggets, when they beat these top tier teams, they they have been they have played hard for them. So that's a sign of these guys like the coach. They want to play for the coach. So when it comes playoff time, I think Brooks can get them to to possibly reach another level or push them to reach another level. But like Damo said, when it gets down to them X's and O's, it's like. I don't know when you if you matching up against you know Eric Spolstra or Brad Stevens, it, it always seems like when it come adjustment time or X's and O's time, that's when it separates the good from the good team from the bad team, and it's always seemed like the Wizards end up on the short end of the stick. You know, back in once again, I go back to 2017 with Kelly Olynyk. We had no adjustments for that. There was no adjustments. He just killed us. I mean. And it just, it was just nothing that I feel like there's no adjustment really made to hinder what he did. And I feel like that's always been the issue with Brooks as far as X and O's and rotations. Those have been issues. Those have been issues that fans have complained about even when he was with OKC and had Durant, Harden, and Westbrook, you know? 
So I'm I'm not sure. I mean, yes. maybe he can get him to win some, win some games, like or, or get him to play hard and put up a better fight than expected. But I'm I'm not too sure. And, and that's the thing, also, like he he doesn't adjust, right? And, and this is why part of why I bring him up in this unique situation. If they have to come out here and they play Orlando one game um, in some scenario or whatever, again, I'm not 100 percent sure. What, you know, we don't know how 100 percent they're going to do this. But say they have to play Orlando for eight. Mo Bamba comes in the game and hits two elbow shots in a top of the arc three. You got to get in Mo Wagner's ass and you got to tell him to get up there and defend him. Because you can't just let, like you were saying with Olenek and how there were no adjustments made. In a do or die situation, you have to make an adjustment quickly. You have to identify what's killing you and cut it off as soon as you can. And then if you keep making adjustments over the course of the game and different things keep happening, then, you know you weigh your pros and cons and you go with what you think is best, but it's, you have to at least show that you have the ability or will to make adjustments. And that's my biggest concern with him. Yeah. It's always been um, just like the, the late game X's and O's stuff and fans have complained about it for a long time now. It's like, Oh, here go the wall, Bill Hero Ball. And ISO has is always a lot of the teams do ISO. Majority teams do ISO, especially late game. But it's like every single position. I understand maybe if we had like Kevin Durant on the court, you know what I mean? But <laughs> it's it seems right. it, it seems like you it gets to times and time periods where it's like, okay, maybe we should run something. But it's like, no, get a ball to wall, get a ball to Bill try to make something happen. And it seemed like it's that too often. That's the issue. It's not issue isn't that it happens. The issue is that it seems to happen too often. You right. Know? I mean, and, when you're playing five on five basketball, I mean opponents are gonna score. I, I mean it's not like the Wizards have to do everything right to make sure because again, I mean there's talent on both sides. Things are gonna happen. Teams are gonna be able to do what they want to do throughout the course of the game. It's but again at some point you have to make an adjustment and just not let them get all the shots that they want to get. And that's the most frustrating part with me in terms of his adjustments. It's got, it just that they seem too comfortable all the time. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk about this before we get into the draft, but, and this probably won't be too long of a topic, but John Wall has said himself that he wouldn't come back. Tommy Shepard has said he's not coming back. Ted Leonsis has said he's not coming back. But this isn't a reality yet. You know, they haven't officially said, okay, we're doing this. This is how we're going to do it. Do you think that there's a situation that could be painted to where John Wall would say, you know what, I'm 110%. You know, this is my city. This is my team. I want to be there for them, and I'm going to come back and play. So I'm going to start off with you, Damo. What do you think about John Wall? Um, You know, do you think that he should? Do you think that he shouldn't? And then ultimately, do you think he will or do you think he won't? Uh, I mean, as a fan, I would love to see him back, man. I mean, <clears throat> we've pretty much got an off-season here. What, we two, by the time the season came back up, it would be, what, two and a half months, almost three months now Yeah. Without basketball. I mean, that's a whole off-season, really. So, and he's been out for the whole – he's been out for more than a calendar year. And then you're so, talking about them extending the um, start of the season to December, you know, Christmas Day, so that's right. more months. That's another half a year. Yeah, so, I mean – if he's ready to play, I say play. Um, I agree. 
if he's ready to play, like if he's if like he just if he just came out and said he's one hundred and ten percent, but if he's one hundred and ten percent, then play. If right. not, then 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 don't play. But like if he's if he's like you know eighty percent or he still don't feel the same, like then don't play him. But I mean, if the dude out there is dunking off his right foot and 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 doing three sixty layups, then play. Play him. Yeah. Yeah. What you think, man? Uh, I would I would agree with what Damo just said. Um, if you, because like you said, extending the season, if the season starts in December, that's almost about three years without being on the NBA court in a regular season game. That's a very long time. You know, I know you, I mean, even though you're an elite top tier athlete, that's still a lot of time not playing legit five on five NBA basketball. Uh Wall has, I mean, but I don't know if Wall will do it because Wall say he want to come back, you know, in a home game. Wall say he want to come back to D.C. with the fans there and, and you know what I mean, for that energy. He, I don't yeah. know if he will want to come back and play in a empty Disney arena. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, it's not like this will be Wall's first playoff experience. I mean, he's been there multiple times. So and even though he says he's 110%, I just don't feel like, he wants to make his return, you know, in under these circumstances. You know what I mean? He don't want to come back and make his first game back to silence, you know? But um, at the same time, like, my counter argument to that be, wouldn't there be less pressure and there's no Milwaukee home court advantage? I mean, you when you when you're a competitor, I mean, you usually love the pressure. You know, you love the... You love the high stakes, the high risk, you know, the the fact that you you on opposing opposing territory. I mean, I don't know if that I don't think a lot of athletes think about that. Think about, oh, it's a lot of pressure. We got to go up here. They just trying to win. I don't think that that really affects them. So I, I think it's just about all wanting to come back to that fan reaction. You know, I think that's his I think that's his biggest thing. Want to make that return and hit that DC crowd, you know? I mean, yeah. I I think that's that's what's going to make him sit with the final say. Be like, nah, I'm I'm good off that. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, and again, the part of my counter argument with this whole thing would be, and we know the season the season is kind of a wash anyway. But uh, let me paint a picture really quick in your guys' head and tell me that it is somewhat enticing. If you have Rui on Giannis, and I'm not saying that Rui is a Giannis stopper. I'm saying that he is the player on the team that has a good chance of guarding him. We've seen sample sizes of him guarding him relatively success- successfully before. You have Wall back, and it's Wall and Bledsoe. And then you put Beal or Troy Brown on Chris Middleton. I mean, is that entire situation not even a little bit enticing? I'm not saying that they'd come out there and win a series, or, you know, hell, they may not even win two games. But... I mean, matchup-wise, I mean, you would have to be intrigued a little bit by having a team out there, and at least, I mean, I would be optimistic for sure. Because even though Giannis is this athletic freak and stuff in the playoffs, when things slow down, all it takes sometimes is just a little bit of pressure, you know? I mean, we've seen players completely collapse. I mean, look at Kyle Lowry. He collapsed against us. And then Roy Hibbert, that one series in uh, 2014 before he woke up and in game two, but like that whole playoffs, like he had sucked. Um, so I, I didn't mean to say that Roy Hibbert clapped against us. He woke up against us with like that entire 
um, you know, regular season leading up even into the first round. Like, he had sucked. So all I'm saying sometimes is it just takes a little bit of mental to get players out of it, especially in the playoffs. Like, we have seen just players ghost. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, when I look at the Bucks roster, I mean, I think the sum is greater than the parts because mm-hmm. – me, they don't really have a legitimate, like, number two guy. Like, I think Middleton is a good player. I don't put him in the class of guys that, like, you know, if uh, if Giannis goes down, Middleton can go get you 30 and close out the game. Like, I, I don't see him as that type of player. I see him as more just a complimentary guy. Like, on the, on the title team, I see him more as, like, a third option. Yeah, um, but they really don't have a number two option to me. So, like, when you talk about one seeds, even though they have record, I mean, they were on pace to win 70 games. I think that's more attributed to Giannis's the, uh, dominance and the, and the style the system they run with their coaching. Like, it's basically full wide, you know, one in with, with Giannis just basically probing the lane, kind of like what the, what the Magic did with Dwight Howard and just shooters around. But, you know, they didn't have really – another guy on that team that was an all-star caliber, like all NBA caliber type player with, with the white house. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I have them zero shot of winning the series, but they damn sure can get a game or two. I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't yeah. get that pass. If they, you know, yeah. I mean, again, and we talk about environments with no crowd. We have no idea how, going to impact some of these guys you know some of these guys that usually may not shoot particularly well could come out there and just you know it's like practice to them and they could drain everything or um you know like i said no home court advantage what if like chris middleton comes out there and bricks a whole bunch of shots i'm not saying he would but i'm saying you know i'm sure it'll have some effect you know at at some point yeah yeah i mean pretty much for everybody it would be in a way arena so they don't have that feel practicing right. on those and, and putting up shots there. So it's neutral. Yeah. It, it definitely makes things this break definitely makes things um a little more unpredictable because when you're a athlete, especially of a professional sport, you're just accustomed to things. You're accustomed to right now you chilling in the off season or right now you should be in the playoffs by now in the first round or second round. And then all that get thrown off and you gotta basically mm-hmm. an extra an off season way earlier when you should have still been playing, you know, it throws your whack off because you get accustomed to things. And when that, whatever you're accustomed to just gets thrown out of whack, it can affect you, you know, just mm-hmm. naturally. So it definitely can make some, like give a team that may have had no shot earlier in the season. It can, it can help them have a better opportunity to possibly win in a situation like now, because everything's thrown out of whack. So it brings the unpredictability factor up. Right, which is why it could be a more enticing situation because next year, yeah. I mean, it's still not even guarantee, any guarantee with Wall back if he comes back that the Wizards are going to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't lock it up. In my projections, I would have them as a playoff team, but we've seen the team that's supposed to be, you know, this high up, and they've been that low, you know, as the record shows and all that. So. I mean, I'm just saying, and then the other argument would be, you know, I mean, it's not like they're going to have no training camp. They're going to come back and have two days and then they have games. No, I mean, they're going to get a chance to have a full training camp. So you would have a chance to get wall integrated. Um, 
you know, with that kind of thing. And then they're going to have some games before they have the, the playoff, the actual play-in or whatever. And again, it's not like they're going to have training camp and then they come in and they start the playing game. There's going to be a few games um, before that. So it would be a chance for him to somewhat get his legs under him. Uh, and, and again, like I said, you know, do you really want to wait till, I mean, basically six more months to play more five on five basketball that's competitive, you know, like competitive NBA basketball? I don't know. I don't think he's going to come back, but I, I just think that if I were him and if I were the organization, I would give it a little bit more consideration instead of just blowing it off, which is what it's been the entire time. Yeah, I agree with that. Definitely will give it more consideration, but I don't, yeah, I, I don't think um see it happening. You know, no, when me it comes neither. down to it. Yeah, me neither. Wishful nice, thinking. It would be nice. <clears throat> Sure. Yeah. Um, so enough playoff talk because I mean, let's be real. Odds are they're going to get a shot and they're going to blow it like everything else. So <laughs> let's talk about the draft a little bit. So right now they're projected to be at nine. Prospects range all the way across the board, but let's pretend for a second that they stay at this range. Um, just for this second, this is for this hypothetical, and say they stay at nine. Give me three prospects that you like um, at this draft pick, and it can be obviously be any prospect that you think realistically will be there. Um, Dama, we'll start with you here. And if you yes, if you man. need a reminder on the draft order, I got you. I got it right in front of me. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, I I, I was kind of going over this the other day. Uh, um, I mean, assuming they stay at nine, man, like this draft is. Similar to last year's draft, I think it might even be more talent deficient than last year. Uh, it's just it's one of those drafts where I feel like outside of the top five, like the player you might get at six is really not much better than the player you could get at twenty. So mm-hmm. for me, I, I I think it's it's depends on what lane they want to go to. I, I'm under the assumption that they're gonna go, they're gonna try to acquire a five man via trade. Obviously, we know who they've already tried to target um, with, with with Miles Turner. If they went that route and they stayed, I guess, with the, the course, I'm thinking they're going to draft a wing, a wing mm-hmm. player. And of those guys I've I've been looking at, it's going to be between Coro, Devin Vesley, Precious, uh, Achiva, who's been – Zooming up draft boards, and then a guy I mentioned earlier, Aaron uh, Nesmith, out of Vanderbilt, um, mm-hmm. are those wing guys that I'm kind of looking at. And for me personally, I would go with Nesmith because he has he's just a, he's just a sniper man, like he's just straight up uh, shooter, just multiple platforms, off screens, yeah. no screen, two feet. Yeah, like it, it's the have have a type of way you want a shot to go up, he can get it up. It's kind of um, like Wayne Ellington a little bit. Yeah, like like when I when I watch him play, like he's like he plays to me, and then looking at some of their numbers, like to me he plays like Buddy Hill, but he's not. He's a little bit bigger than what Buddy Hill was, and I think Buddy Hill game was a little more polished with his with his handle. But like even watching Buddy now. You watch him with the Kings, like all he do is catch and shoot. Uh, you know, they run a lot of off ball action with him where he's just catching it and it's going up. They don't give him the ball at the top of the key and tell him to play make. Like that's just not their games. Like 
Uh, and, and sort of kind of what, what they do with Clay in, in Golden State. Just run mm-hmm. a play, run screens, catch it, and, and it's going up. Um, I think the Wizards could use that type of skill set, uh, especially when you're using it in conjunction with Wall, Bill, Breton's rule. Um, I think it could be dangerous. And I just think shooters, shooters are assets, man, more so than than guys who are just like kind of defensive role players. Like shooters, you can get first round picks for. That's we gave up a first round pick to get Bojan. We gave up uh, if we wanted to, we could have traded Bertans for a first round pick. So I just think um, those type of players, man. I just think you, if you have an opportunity to draft those types in a weak draft, I think you do that. Yeah. Um, D, go ahead and give me your three if the Wizards stay at nine. Uh, well, my number one has been pretty consistent throughout. Uh, I always said a Kongwu. Uh, I feel like he just fits the Wizards' needs perfectly. Um, he can also fit that best player available need if you want to make the argument about why not take the best player available over, you know, positional need. But, you know, he could also fill both of those needs. And, and the his potential of being a two-way player is something I feel like the Wizards have missed since I don't know when. You know, I don't know when's the last time they've had a real, you know, good rebounder, a good run protector, a defensive force inside. You know, um, a guy who can help build and wall out on pick and rolls and help him out on the backside or help Hachimura out. If he's a little, his lateral quickness is a little slow, it's okay because you got, you know, a Kongu behind you. And like I said, the Wizards haven't had that in a long time. Um, my second pick, I will say um, Isaac Okoro, also defensive. Um, as you can tell by my mindset, I'm looking more defensively for the Wizards because the Wizards have never really struggled offensively. They've always been one of the more better offensive teams in the league, especially under Brooks. It's always been the, the issue defensively. Defense has always been the issue. And... Um, my third, um, I talked about it with Damo earlier, and I was I asked him about Nate Smith, and I did some research on him. I looked, I'm looking at his stats, and I seen some of his um, tape too, coming on screens, etc. I, I think that would be a good fit with Wall and Bill. And if I had to go with a third pick, and offense, Nate Smith definitely looks like a good pick, and it fits that you know small four role, that four role that you know the Wizards may look towards. <laughs> All right, so if we stay at nine, then, of course, you know, players will fall, uh, players will rise. But I got, uh, relative to this range here, I got Denny Avdia as my number one. Uh, maybe not a guy who isn't that much of a, in terms of percentage-wise, isn't a polished shooter, but, I mean, his, his shot form is awesome. Uh, he mm-hmm. will run the floor endlessly. He's a great passer, loves to get guys involved. And has some defensive potential. And also, I mean, guys, he's like 6'9", 6'10". And, um, you know, people are saying he's the um, the next kind of Luka Doncic kind of player. So, I mean, I think that's a guy you, they should definitely consider. He'd be a great role player. Um, and then I believe also, based off what I've seen and the videos I've seen about him on, on YouTube, I think that if eventually if they do blow it up, I think that he can be one of those players that they kind of, you know, rebuild the franchise around along with. Um, the second one, I have Neesmith. I, I didn't really know too much about him until a while back, but I was listening to 
um, some podcast, I believe, with uh, Chad Ford. It's his show or whatever, you know, the guy that does the, the mocks and all that and is there on draft night. But um, so I did I, – I listened to a couple podcasts there, and like I said, I watched a couple YouTube videos. I, I really think that he is probably the best fit out of everyone that would potentially be in this range. Um, and, and then to top it off here, I would go with Okongwu as my third option. I know some people maybe would include point guard. I think Killian Hayes is the best point guard in this class. I know some people are going to say LaMelo Ball. Some people may say uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I, I personally am a big Killian Hayes guy. Um, so, yeah, that would be my three here. And then, of course, I mean, if James Wiseman keeps falling down and mocks and stuff and teams keep, uh, you know, wimping out and he somehow falls, I, I mean, you don't think about it. You run to the podium. People did the same thing with Mitchell Robinson. They overthought it, and now look at him. So I just wouldn't overthink it if Wiseman falls. Yeah. Yeah. The only yeah, reason sure. – I mean, Wiseman is a of time. Yeah. I'm sorry, Damo. I was, I was just saying the no, only good. reason I didn't have um, – Denny on my list is because I think Denny gonna be gone by now. Yeah, I think Denny, yeah, Denny may be gone yeah, by top too. five. Denny, Denny may be gone by then. I definitely don't think he's making yeah. it to nine for sure. Yeah, yeah that, that was the same thing with mine too. Like the the guys I mentioned, like my assumption was that uh, uh, the top five were gonna be in I don't know the order, but in some form or fashion, Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball. Uh, Denny, Obi, and Okonkwo. I actually think Okonkwo is going to be a top seven, top six player drafted along with uh, Killian Hayes. Like, I think that's your top mm-hmm. six, top seven right there. And then after that, it just kind of gets, I don't know, you can you can just go coin um, with, with players. So that's why I kind of stuck with, like, the wing guys. Uh, but but no doubt, I like, I like Okonkwo. I like Wiseman. I mean, I like all those guys up in that top uh seven range. I like Denny's game. I do worry about his shooting. Um yeah get it off on the bounce. Um some of his game kind of mirrors Troy Brown a little bit, but I think he is a little coming out of school, I think he is a little bit more skilled than what Troy Brown is. I just wonder taking on another wing that can't that's not really much of a shooter. I wonder about that, like where that fit is with Wall Bill and Rui. But um, I like his game, too, for sure. But I, I was under the assumption that he was gone by. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So let's play fun, very fun hypothetical. The, the ping pong balls bounce our way, and the Wizards are picking first overall. And, and we're going to come out with another pod, and we'll talk about all the, the draft scenarios, and it'll be strictly draft. But for this briefly, let's just – Play hypothetical. We get number one. Uh, you know, we do this play-in thing. We suck. Uh, the ping-pong balls bounce our way, and that's probably the perfect scenario in which this could play out. Um, who are you guys taking? And D, I'll start with you first. Who I would take, and I mean, it may and or may not be surprising, but if Wizards come forward to number one, I'm taking a mellow ball. Okay. Um, I think, I think you when you think on a business standpoint, I think that brings media attention, that brings ratings, that brings more money, and that's just not talking about the skill. 
also, because I know you like Killian Hayes, but I don't know if he would go Hayes at one. You know? No, um, no. Um, but he has the name value as well. I think if you wind up tearing it down and rebuilding and trade and wall, you have your potential point guard of the future as well right there. You know, you already got him. Um, hopefully he will work out. But also I think he can work well with um, Wall and Bill um, in that three-guard lineup. You can have him there. So I, I think I think LaMelo would be my pick if Wiz were to go number one. That's fair. I, I mean, you know, the hype has been there for LaMelo for years now. Uh, you know, again, the consensus is that he's the number one point guard. He has a lot of size. He's 6'8", may even grow to be 6'9", 6'10". Uh, you know, a little light, but the skill's definitely there. Um, but again, like you were saying, he's just not number one point guard on my board, but I wouldn't take a point guard at number one. But, um, Dama, who you taking, man? Number one pick. That's actually who I was going with, LaMelo, man. Like, I just think, okay. I, me personally, I think he's the most skilled player in the draft. Like, over Anthony um, Edwards? Oh, man, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, definitely over Anthony Edwards. Like, I. I like Edwards, man, but I, when I watch him sometimes, like, I just, I just, I don't know. I, I, sometimes he has games where he look like Donovan Mitchell, and then in other games he has, he has games where he look like J.R. Smith. So I don't know. I don't know yeah. about him, man. I just feel like LaMelo, LaMelo Ball, day one, is going to be a top eight or nine passer in the league. Day one. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? You ain't got to have a practice. He's going to be that day one on the court. Um, all you got to do with him is build out his shooting mechanics and his decision-making. Um, and then, obviously, the media, the fanfare, that's going to definitely come with that. You're talking about drafting a ball, brother. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he's the most skilled player in the draft, man. I, I like his versatility, like the way you could – you know, he he's still growing. You can play him one through three, um, mm-hmm. and it's not really going to matter. So no matter what direction you say you want to build, keep going with Wall and Bill, LaMelo fits that. If you're saying you want to get rid of Wall and Bill, LaMelo fits that too. So that's what that's would be my number one pick. Okay. Now, just out of curiosity, who do you guys think I'm going to pick here? Anthony Edwards. Uh, yeah, you've been hyped on him. Yeah, uh, you've been hyped on him for a while. So I'm taking Obi Toppin. Wow. Whoa. Wow. What? Yes. Wow. And okay. Let me give my reasoning here real quick. And, yes, I, I do love Anthony Edwards. And, you know, I think he's the best scorer in this draft. Um, I think he's going to be uh, a top-tier shooting guard at the next level. You know, we talk about guys like Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell. I think he'll be there. Um. But when I look at Obi Toppin, I see I mean, unlimited offensive potential. And we talked about how they see Rui as a three. And Rui may not be the best shooter right now, but guess who is? And he also has size to him as an athletic freak. I mean, those two in the front court, athletic-wise, and I mean, even their defensive potential. I know Obi Toppin's not that great of a defender, but sometimes, again, like how you were saying, Damo, last year I remember you saying this, sometimes you just got to look for certain traits. And I think that he has yeah. enough traits that would tell Tommy Shepard and would tell the Wizards that he is worthy of being the number one pick. And, I mean, he's a highlight machine. Um, so when you were talking about 
um, like marketing and that kind of stuff, D, I mean, I think he definitely uh, would factor into that as well. And I just, I'm not, I'm not saying I think he's the overall best player in this draft, but if I were the Wizards and I had the number one pick, I mean, this is who I would be taking. Mm. Man, that's a... Uh... Definitely, I, I didn't expect that at all. Definitely wasn't at all, man. At all. I, I, yeah. Only thing I worry about Obi, man, is the 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 rebounding. Yeah. His rebound yeah. rate is a little low for as athletic as he is, 6'9", 220, but yeah. his ability, he's a better rebounder, especially with the conference he was playing in, too. Um, and then his age. Like, I, I just – it's rare you see 22-year-old big men come in and then they turn into all-NBA players. Mm-hmm. Um the only thing with him like I, I just worry like okay you're good he's a good player but it's like what took so long you know like he's gonna be by the time the draft comes he'll be 22 years old um so i i like him though but i don't know man number one number one pick, is a big yeah <laughs> i, I respect mean it. Yeah. it was different i respect it for for a guy for a, a four who shoots over forty percent from behind the line, uh, can get his own shot however he wants. I mean, yeah, is an automatic dunk. I mean, I I I know the defensive issues. I know about the rebounding issues, but the rebounding thing, boxing out, not using athleticism, that can be coached. Yeah, yeah, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I'm looking at his three point rate, like. I, he actually has a better three-point rate than I thought. Like, I didn't know he shot it that well from the three-point line. Yeah. Um, dang, okay. Uh, but this is why yeah. I see some of this is a little irritating because, like you said, he is in a weak conference, and, and we didn't get March Madness. So this is why it's a little frustrating because – Right. And, and I'm sure it's yeah. even more frustrating for scouts because we don't know how Okora would have played or Okongu or – or Tyrese Halliburton, or guys like that. Like, we don't know how they would play because they weren't on the big stage, really. Yeah. You know what I think of with his age, man, and just, like, like, the way he plays, like, it's just on a, on a, on what, what scares me side of it. Um, I don't know if y'all remember Derek Williams out of Arizona. Like, with how he came on the scene, and, like, he just exploded, man. I mean, such an athlete, putting up, like, 20 a game. You know, he had a good three-point percentage, too. But, it, I mean, it was on a little bit lower attempts. And then he just kind of – he got into the league, and it just wasn't – it wasn't the same. Um, and I, I don't yeah. know, man. Mm. Obi, though, yeah. I don't know. I, I like Obi, but I don't know about the number one pick, man. That's uh, – I don't know. <laughs> and and I, I think I considered with this as well is Rui Hachimura picked as a junior. So Tommy isn't afraid to draft those older players. So yeah, that was sure. another yeah, that's of, true too. Yeah. And Admiral Schofield was not a freshman or a sophomore either. I mean Admiral was a senior. So Yeah, he'd definitely be our most athletic guy. They won. Like he that dude. Yeah. That dude's a leap. And they said I saw something uh, on an interview. They said he couldn't dunk until his junior year of high school. Yeah, because he was short. <laughs> he played point guard. I'm like, wow, man. Wow. Like, for him to have, be jumping like that. Like, he got, like, Omari Stoudemire, John Collins bounce, and he's basically only, you know, he's been dunking for, what, five years, six years? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. 
And you know they have the best dunks because they've been lowering the hoops and practicing on the little baby hoops and all that. So you know by the time they can dunk, I mean, you know they're going to come. Yeah. But you, you think he fit, like, like just projecting him, like, say that that happened, like, the, the lineup going forward. Like, you think he can play with both? I mean, assuming – I'm just assuming Thomas Bryant is here. Yeah. That that front court with OB, Rui, and Thomas Bryant. Like, you think that's a, a – that front court is a fit around Wall Beal? Yeah. I do. I mean, I, I think that it's a tremendous fit. I mean, Wall and Beal on the break with OB, I mean, that's a show. I mean, it would be showtime. And then you have Rui who can get his yeah. buckets in the post. Obi, like we said, can also shoot the three. It's not like he's a liability outside. Obi can post up as well, uh, can do some work on the block. I mean, Obi can kind of do it all offensively. And you know, it's just going to be about defensively, which we know is um, where they struggle and where the, the team struggles. But uh, we talk about it being an offensive league. I mean, why not just fight fire with fire? Man, that's uh, man, you yeah. got me thinking now, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's <laughs> definitely interesting. Thing, yeah, that's definitely interesting. It, it would be. Different I don't think he get out of top. Five, but no, damn, it, it would be different if they viewed Rui strictly as a four. But the fact that they view Rui as a three, I mean, that opens a spot at the four, and someone's got to do it. And I know we said Bertans, but. I mean, if you have a chance yeah. to add a guy like Obi Toppin, who is who would be on a rookie contract, and is a guy who, let's not kid ourselves, long term is probably a better player than Bertans. I mean, why pass yeah, that up? For sure. Yeah, yeah, Man. and I, I still like, yeah, and I like Bertans off that bench role, honestly. Yeah, for same. me, I like Bertans yeah. off that bench. Uh Bertans, I don't think it matters as long as you on the court with ball. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Where you start, yeah, bench, you whatever, time. like. As long as he's on the floor with a ball, especially when the game is on the line, when it matters. Yeah. Like, he needs to be on the floor with a ball, period, point blank. Like, he has to. Like, that dude strikes fear in defense. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, yeah. he had dudes. He, I mean, like, he, he just looked like he was about to pump fake. They jumping out their kick. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, man, that, that yeah, you about to make me go watch some Obi Toppin, man. Like, I, <laughs> I got to go back yeah. and look at this because I'm like, I didn't realize he was shooting. I didn't realize he shot it that well from three, man. Yeah, but I just hope it wasn't one of them like one year wonder. He just was shooting well, and then he get in the league, and he ain't even attempted him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So there is a little bit of question about his shot selection because he is an automatic catch, and if he's open, shoot it. Sometimes he'll overthink it. But you know, again, you can work on that. That's just confidence. And if we've seen anything under Scott Brooks, is he coaches players to be confident in? Those. I mean, look at Jerome Robinson. Hey, yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, I gotta go back and look at that, man. Yeah, that's, a, that's that's real interesting, man. That would be that would be John Wall pick and roll with Obi and Rui run it. Oh man. Yeah. See, and then either way, if you know you run it with Rui or whatever, then you have Obi on, Obi on the wing who can either attack or shoot it, and you know vice versa with Rui. And Rui works on his shot some. So um, now, now let me ask you this: if 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 you draft if Obi Toppin turned out to be say. Aaron Gordon, would you be mad? No, because Aaron Gordon is a max contract player in my book. Really? Mm. Yes. Ooh. Oh, we, yeah. We might. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know how I would feel if Obi turned out as Aaron Gordon as my number one pick. 
as my number one pick. I don't okay, know as, how okay, I feel yeah. about Aaron Gordon. As the number one pick. Okay, but what are we talking about then? Like at that position, like who are we talking about in terms of number one pick then? Blake Griffin? He Blake, would have to I be... would, Blake, I wouldn't be too mad. But he, he's also got like a better offensive game than Blake, so it's hard to like compare. But the athleticism, I mean, is comparable, and they definitely have some similar tendencies in the post. But I mean, coming out, Obi is a more polished offensive talent than Blake. But I mean, I guess just production overall. I mean, okay, so Aaron Gordon, yeah, I'd probably be, a, I wouldn't be happy with that. But I mean, because Aaron Gordon, I think, is a fine player. You know, he's not terrible. Yeah. He's a yeah. good player. But um, yeah. I guess if you're talking about number one, you're looking at that, like, that Blake Griffin type level, which I think he would get to. But to answer your question, I mean, yeah, I mean, if he came out and was kind of just not very good, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd be irritated. But I don't think he will I mean, be I, terrible. I, I, not even Blake. I don't even think he necessarily had to be Blake. If he was just, if he was John Collins, like, I think John Collins is a, I like a future Collins. all-star. Yeah, I like and Collins. John Collins. John Collins can shoot the three. I think yeah, Collins is a little bit better defensively. Than Obi was coming out, but John Collins is an elite athlete, man. 6'9, 220, played a four to five, and yeah. he can shoot it from three, and he will put it on your head. So that's kind of the comp I have for Obi. I just yeah. have questions because of his age. Like, is he already, like, is he the best? Of, is he already the best that you've seen of him right, right now? Um, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I that's, that's interesting. That under a guy like Scott Brooks, I think his game would grow. Damn. Yeah, I got yeah, I gotta go watch some more. Yeah. That's that's an interesting viewpoint that you brought up, Ernest. I I never thought about that before. I know that'd be fun on two K. I mean that'd that'd be nothing but pick and yeah. roll lives. Yep. That's nothing but pick and roll lives. Damn. Yep. Wall and Obi on a pick and roll with Brad on the wing. I mean sheesh. Yeah. I think if you do that though, you would have to get a five that can stretch out to the perimeter. Like, right. I wouldn't like the idea right. of having like a traditional five, yeah. five man there which, with Obi and Rui. Which is a guy, if they want to keep Thomas Bryant or if they want to put a package together to get Miles My, Turner to stretch the floor, I mean, that still works out. Yeah, it would. Yeah. It would. I could get behind that. I could definitely yeah. get behind that. But I see what you're saying. Like, if they come out here, and I'm not saying get Rudy Gobert, but if they get a Rudy Gobert type center, then maybe that's a little issue. Because I do yeah. think that if you move Rui to the three for now, you do need other fours and fives who can stretch the floor. Because if not, I mean, yeah. they're just going to play you like the old Detroit Pistons when they had Josh Smith, uh, Andre Drummond, and Greg Monroe. So Yeah, yeah. or even now with the, with the Magic. I mean, the Magic kind of struggled with that now because you got Aaron Gordon, you got uh... – uh, Jonathan Isaac and Vucevic, Mo Bamba, like all them dudes kind of occupy the same spots on the floor. So the spacing yeah. is all, you know, clogged. So, um, but man, yeah, I got, I got, hmm. That's intriguing, man. Uh, that that one, you shocked me with that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I know I've been on the Anthony Edwards train, and I do think he's going to be a fantastic player, but just like potential, and because uh, I know that the age thing is a, con- something you have to consider, but I mean, offensively, I would say that he is the best offensive player on the board. And I just think that, you know, again, just fight fire with fire. We talk about it being an offensive league. You can coach up defense a little bit, uh, maybe fix his lateral quickness a ton or a, a tad. And, um, you know, I think you have an all-star. So, 
Um, I, I think that this is a good place to leave it off. I know this is kind of a longer episode, guys, for uh, so, uh, you know, thanks for hanging in there. We're definitely going to dedicate uh, more episodes strictly to the draft, and we'll talk more about these fun scenarios. And hopefully uh, when we come back next time, we can talk more, hopefully about uh, the Wizards and some game news and uh, recap and some action. So thank you guys for tuning in today. I know we haven't put out an episode in a while, but follow D, follow Damo, follow myself, and we will see you next time. All right.